Welcome to the Godmother Podcast. I'm Lisa Bevere, and I believe that every woman not only needs a godmother, but she can actually be a godmother. And we actually, this is hard to believe, we are now in season three. So if you are new to the Godmother Podcast, there is two other seasons, and we're so excited to welcome you into season three. And one of the things I decided to do in this season was to actually bring forth some of the guests that we had in last summer. So last summer, I did something called Summer of Strong. And we had some amazing, amazing women who just spoke strength and life into my Instagram world. I was like, I need to share this with my podcast world. So today's Summer of Strong guest, who is going to be now one of the Godmother podcast guests, is Jennifer Allwood. She is amazing. I am in a mastermind with Jennifer. She coaches women. She's been featured in in Fortune magazine. She is an entrepreneur, Christian, creative, and she has so much that she wants to pass on to you. One of the major things is she's going to give you permission to excel and go to the places that God has put in your heart. So let's dive into our time with Jennifer Alwyn. Jennifer, we are so excited. We've got people from all over. We've got people from all over the world coming on. So you are part of our trend, this whole idea of Summer of Strong. And I just love, first of all, we are new friends. Jennifer and I are new friends. I got to meet her when I launched Godmother. And then I got to spend some time with her at a marriage retreat. And we just fell in love with each other. We may be opposites, but... I think she's, what did you say? You were a three and I'm an eight and and you don't like eights, but you need her. Yeah. God keeps surrounding me with eights. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I need them in my world. So thank you. Apparently. Okay. I want you, I want you to talk about selling strong because here's, here's, here's my takeaway on this. I have found that Christian women, and I'm just going to include myself in the mix, feel really, really bad about being successful. Yeah. Like there, it, it'd be okay for them to be successful if they're a pastor, but if they're out there or if they even have an idea that they want to share with somebody, they feel so guilty about being successful. Can you, can you speak to that? Yeah. So I coach women on how to grow businesses in the online space, as you know, and you are exactly right. Christian women in particular have a lot of weird feelings around making money, around having businesses. And I think it's because a lot of women are stuck in an either or mentality. Um, I can either be successful at business. Did you hear what Jennifer just said? They're stuck in an either or mentality. Can you explain that either or mentality? Yeah, they think um, if I were to be successful at business, am I going to lose at home? And so in order to not lose at home, I'm not even going to try the business or, you know, vice versa. I think some women have been raised um, uh, with well-intentioned theology, but bad theology that making money is bad. And, And that's not the case. I mean, I don't know how people think that the lights stay on at a church or how do kids get adopted or how do we support, you know, organizations that the Lord, um, you know, wants us to bless. It's through actual dollars. And I think that there's a bad theology around, you know, money is bad. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money in and of itself. Money is just a tool. And I think that if we'll remember that, it will help us to not get stuck 
on feeling bad about whatever tools God may give us on this side of heaven um, that he hopes that we'll use. And so I'm constantly telling women, the Bible says that God gives all of us gifts that I think he expects us to use on this side of heaven. The Bible also says that, uh, that God gives us wisdom to gain wealth. It is not only okay, but also I think sometimes that's what God wants us to do is to use the talents that he gives us and to make money um, with those so that he can funnel things through us. So I love yeah. talking about money with Christian women. Love it. Right. And I, I love that you, you quoted, God is the one who gives us power to create wealth. And, mm -hmm. and the whole thing, what is it? To establish his covenant. So, um, so that, is, that is such an important clarifier. And again, you know, I looked at my husband and I said, John, why do I have no problem giving other people nice things? But I have a hard time receiving yes. nice things. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I think that um, uh, sometimes too, I think it's again, maybe um, uh, weird theology that it's better to give than to receive. And we forget that um, if we're giving, somebody's always got to be on the receiving end. So there's lots of people that God's going to want to give through. And sometimes that means to us also. I have noticed that some of my eight friends, my Enneagram eight friends, are such great servants. A lot of times that they're not also great at receiving. And so I think we need to um, make sure that we're good at giving, but also good at receiving. So we're not robbing the giver of the blessing of giving. Yeah. Yeah. I love Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I just, again, I, I feel like a lot of women even have a problem, though, if they're, you talked about they're losing at home if they're winning in business or they're losing yes. in their marriage if they're winning in business. But I even find women have a hard time if they're, all of that's balanced, but they're winning in any kind of um, success realm that other women will often attack them. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, well, I mean, cattiness is a real thing, right? And that, that sometimes does happen. But I always try to um, have people look at the perspective of, um, even if there's one knucklehead, there's still usually 99 that are for us. And just yeah. because some people may not support us in whatever we're trying to do or grow or build, um, that if God told us to do it, like we, that has, there has to be an obedience to that. I also think that sometimes, um, when we think of like the Proverbs 31 woman, we sometimes think of um, sweet, precious, um, you know, stay at home, which, you know, perhaps part of that. But also like when you read about the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a businesswoman and she had help. She had maid servants like with an S, like not just one, but she had people helping her. She had her hand in a lot of different things. Yes, she was 100% supportive of her husband. Um, but it actually talks in Proverbs 31 more about like the different things that she did in business, which were income generating than it does even about the wifing and the mothering. And so I think that we're not in an either or conversation. I think God um, is really blessing women in the marketplace right now. I'm seeing a huge, like just jump yeah. in our coaching with women yeah. who are not only starting businesses, but having incredible favor um, in business. And I think part of that's the way God wired us. As women, we just were usually more emotional and more feelers. So therefore we understand the psychology of like buyers better. We understand how to maybe talk to other women in a in a way that like um, is not manipulative, but just that is well received. And so God's given women a lot of um, special things that He maybe hasn't necessarily given men in the same way in order to be great at business. He really has. I, and I love you know in Proverbs thirty one it says 
she considers a field and buys it. Buys it. it doesn't mm-hmm. say she considers a field, ask her husband if it's okay, she buys it. So she was actually a woman who had uh, the ability to consider mm-hmm. that she had long-term strategy because mm-hmm. it says with the proceeds, she plants a vineyard. So mm-hmm. vineyards, vineyards take a while. Like yep. you can't plant a grapevine and have a vineyard the next year. It takes a while. So she had a long-term strategy. She had an immediate strategy. It said that she had no fear for the future. hundred percent. I love that she laughed at the future. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, if you're under your husband's covering, then you can actually do this. And if you're under this, then you can do that. Did you ever come up against any of that? Or is that? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Um, You're gonna have to check my theology on this, Lisa. (laughs) But I don't know that. I feel like sometimes women feel like they need permission to do a lot, whether it's permission from somebody like you, permission from a coach like me, permission from a spouse. And I, and while there needs to be unity, because I mean, the Bible does talk about there being a commanded blessing where there's unity. And so you want the buy-in of your spouse if you're married. Um, But also, I mean, I think a really healthy marriage is when, if we feel like we have heard from heaven, that our spouse would be really supportive of that. And I feel like there's so many women who are laying down the gifts that they have, which by the way, robs people that they could be using those gifts for um, because they're not sure of the dynamics. Is it going to throw off the dynamics of the marriage? Is it going to upset the spouse? What are people going to think? What is the girl from high school that I'm still Facebook friends with that I didn't even really like then and I don't like now, but what's she going to think of me? And so there's lots of kind of weird things that go into that. But I love that you talked about that with the Proverbs 31 woman because it it doesn't say that she had to get permission from anyone. Um, I think that she had gut feelings. I mean, we as women, we have gut feelings and intuition and God gave us, you know, the Holy Spirit. And and I think that we need to be better at reacting to that instead of listing out all the reasons why we can't, you know, what will people think? Maybe I should wait until the kids are in school. Oh, now I got to wait till the kids are in high school. Well, now I might as well wait till the kids are graduated. And you've got these gifts that are just, you know, they're aging right along with us, Lisa. And um, so, yeah. Well, I know that my my husband loves it when I stay in my strengths and he actually gives me permissions to make mistakes. Yes. And and so that kind of like, I think a lot of time if women are looking for permission from their husband, they think that they, they cannot make a mistake. Like I've got to make this perfect or I've got to make it right. John actually empowers me to do what I'm really good at. And he's empowered to do what he's good at. And that's our unity factor. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to bring him everything. Like I don't say, Hey baby, can I write a book? Uh, (laughs) I might say, Hey John, if I'm going to write a book, this is what the cost is going to be to both of us time-wise. There is a cost. This is, you know, what does this look like with our lives? We have margin, we have capacity because Mm -hmm. that affects both of us. But I've never come to my husband and said, Hey, can I write a book? And I title it this. Now I would say, let's dream together. What do you think about this? Does this express this? Does this talk about that? And and I just do think too many women sometimes put so much pressure and not the confidence of who they are that they ask their husband for permission. Mm-hmm. Then their husband actually says no because he he senses they're not confident. You know, right. like they're like I you know, I don't I don't know. You know, like I wouldn't personally if I wanted to hold a Bible study in my house. During mm-hmm. the day when John was not home, I would not even ask him. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to affect him. It's not going right. to affect him. 
So if right. it's going to affect him, if it was an evening where we spend time together, of course I'm going to say, hey, baby, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? And then he mm -hmm. could say, I really would prefer to see John such and such night. But yeah. Sure. Now, so if women have a hard time receiving, receiving, making, mm -hmm. that's got to translate to a hard time selling. Totally. Let's talk about that. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because I think so many of us have... Um, uh, a thinking that selling is yucky, selling is gross, selling is slimy, and we forget that we're selling stuff all the time. When my teenagers get home from church camp today, I'm going to be selling them on the idea that um, we've got some plans for the weekend, which includes your help around the house, kids. You know what I mean? So we as women are selling all the time. We're selling ideas to our neighbors, to our parents. And, and so I think that women will think, okay, now I've got to put on my selling hat as I try to sell my cute shirt or earrings or furniture or coaching or whatever. And you actually, you don't. And, and so I think that's one thing. I think two, women think a lot of times that selling is gross. Um, and so a lot of times they'll, they'll, uh, especially in business, Lisa, they'll, um, they'll kind of throw a little thing out there and see if they get a little nibble. It's like they kind of throw out a fishing line of something they're going to sell and see if anybody will take it. But just like you were talking about with your spouse who can sense that if somebody's not confident, so can your clients a million miles away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they know if you're not confident about what you're selling also. So then a lot of times they'll kind of, you know, throw it out there, very, just kind of test the waters. They don't get the feedback that they want. And then they think, oh gosh, I must've been going down the wrong track. And that's not right either. And I think also sometimes women will really discount their services. They'll really discount their, you know, product, um, thinking that um, because they love Jesus, <laughs> they need to do it, you know, for a lower price or whatever. And that's not biblical either. And so I think that we have to quit thinking that money bad, um, Poverty, good, because that's not right. Um, so many people are scared of going over to the prosperity gospel that they're literally trying to use the Bible to like convince themselves that we need a poverty gospel. And that's not true either. And so yeah. I think that we've got to figure out what does the Bible actually say about money? Is God actually okay with some people having money? A hundred percent. Does that mean everybody's going to? No, not necessarily. But using yeah. the gifts that God gave you on this side of heaven to provide not only for your family, but other people, I mean, that's a win that is a win and so my heart position just so you know and what I always tell my clients is I tell God whatever I can handle financially um, and you know we just Forbes just did a couple of articles about my business so the business does really well whatever wait, I can wait, handle. Wait, wait 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 we need to stop and celebrate that don't you dare do the talk over that slow what did you just say about Forbes go ahead and say it say it clearly well, thank you. So, um, you know, my coaching business does multi seven figures a year right now. So Forbes did an article in January. And then I think there was a follow up in March or April about my coaching business. And then Yahoo Finance has an article coming out about my coaching business later this month. And um, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Because um, I, I think women do that too. They, they, they don't celebrate. They don't right. celebrate one another. They, that's a big deal, Jennifer. And that, that's, you have, you have skill sets. And I'm so thrilled that my people get to meet you, come over to your, like there's people on here. They're like, this is the Lord. So I, they need you right now. And you can go to Jennifer's Instagram. You can find how you can be Thank part you. of her coaching program. But I'm not bringing you somebody that does not know what they're talking about. I, Thank I you. No, I, I believe that Jennifer has a gifting to actually break a poverty mindset off of you. You know, Amen. and, and I, I'm going to do it in a Christian world. So 
Uh, yeah, and it needs to be congratulated. Thank you. I'm going to do it in a Christian world. I remember I was somewhere, and I was one of many speakers. And one of the other speakers had um, gotten up and it like I had I had spoken mentioned I had a book, and and I think you know the book had sold out and done really well. So when she got up, it was like she diminished the fact that she had a book. She's like, well, I'm not Lisa. But I have a book back there, and if you want it, you can, you can, you can get it or whatever. So I, so I, I was getting upset that she was number one, uh, making me look like I was uh, downplaying her own, yeah, and downplaying her contribution. So I got up and I said, "Give me her book," and I got up and I said, "All right, so and so has written this book," and I looked at her. I said, "Is this a stupid book?" And she was like. No, I said. Why are you acting like it is a stupid book? I no. said. Did you take, did you take time to write this book? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you research this book? Yes. Will this book help all the women here? Yes. I said. All of you. All of you need to get out there and you need to get her book about and by, about why women should preach. So I mean, oh, just, I love it. Take what we what we have been. Uh, entrusted to declare with confidence. And we yeah. say it as though it's a question or just glide over it. That's why I stopped you about the Forbes thing. Yeah, but can I tag, I, can I tag on to that real quick? Yeah, because um, I was telling some of the women in my coaching group the other day that um, often God teaches me lessons about him as a father in terms of my own children. We've got lots of kids. We've got four kids ranging from college, high school, middle school, and the little one in grade school that we just adopted. And so, um, I was telling the girls in my coaching group, if if I was to give my kids a great Christmas gift that I had really thought about and was intentional and something that I really thought they would use and something that they would love, and, and if they were to get that gift and um, poo-poo it off or completely want to give it away or apologize for it, as like the gift giver, I would be like, man, that, that kind of stinks. And so sometimes I wonder if that's how God looks at me or at other women as they're like, diminishing the gifts he's given them, downplaying them, giving them away, um, you know, just not really tending to them well. And I just, I don't, I don't, and I'm sure that that's not like a biblical concept, but it helps me to think of things in that manner that I don't want, um, you know, I, I think of how I want my kids to feel as their mother when I give them something. I'm like, well, I wonder if God he probably wants us to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do. And I love this. And thank you, Lord. And I'm going to steward and use the gifts to the best of my ability and not shrink them down so that other people in the room feel more comfortable. I love all of that so much. And um, I've often used that. Like, I've often felt like whenever I'm not thinking right, I think, I always think how I would interact with my kids or how my kids would interact with me in this situation. So I love that. You know, Jennifer, we are so, so uh, blessed that you've actually been part of partnering with Messenger X, which is getting the gospel out in over 111 languages on a Messenger X app. And so mm -hmm. I'm, super, uh, I'm super excited. Somebody's asking me a few times and whatever. I'm, I don't know, but I'm just yes. going to say, Jennifer is incredibly mm -hmm. generous, Person. But a lot of times a poverty spirit is so busy looking at what they don't have or what somebody else has that they miss what they actually have to use. Okay, yes. I've had so many people talk about your hair. I don't know if you know this, but people are saying they're jealous of your hair. They're saying, how do, how do you get those curls to look good? So I, I, I'm, I 
like these people are going to keep putting it up here. Yep. Like so I'll, I'll give you the quick hair story. So my hair is naturally curly. I, it got curly the same summer I hit puberty, like seventh to eighth grade, Lisa. Came back, everybody, everybody was very confused. Yes. She she left looking like a child in seventh grade. She comes back, you know, with a chest and curly hair. And it wasn't this curly in high school. It's actually gotten curlier the more kids I keep having. But mm -hmm. um, last year at the beginning of the pandemic, because as you know, I wrote a book called Fear is Not the Boss of You. Yep. We have okay. a 12 city. Guys, we're typing that in. Fear is not the boss of <laughs> Thank you. you or me. Oh, yes. Okay. It's Fear is Not the Boss of You. Yep. And... Um, and uh, so I wrote that and we had a 12 city book tour scheduled for the beginning of March last year. Well, then the pandemic hit or the beginning of April. So we had to cancel the whole thing. And during that time period, I lost over half of my hair. And I don't know if it was stress. I don't know, um, you know, because a, a book tour is no joke. And writing a book, by the way, is no joke, especially when you have a lot of kids and a business. But I lost half of this. And so when I say that last year at this time, my hair looked like this. Um, but I have literally kept telling my Instagram followers, God will restore seven times what the enemy has stolen from me. And I know that that sounds ridiculous because it's hair, but I, I wanted my hair back. And having never experienced hair loss, boy, that was hard. So if they want to go to, if you type in Jennifer Allwood hair loss on Google, I have like a whole like blog post on products and what I what I think was the cause of losing my hair in addition to the stress and then what I've been wow. using for products to get it back. So thank you for your kind words. It's usually, you know, a year ago at this time or a year and a half, it was still much bigger than this, but it's coming back, Lisa. It's coming. Yeah. So I want to, and I want to say to everybody that, you know, again, like if you're a woman losing your hair, that like undermines everything. And it says that the woman's hair is her glory. So I totally support about hair. I had low thyroid or I have low thyroid and I started losing my hair before I found out what was going on. Every time I took a shower, it was a baby mouse. It was just blobs of hair. And I found myself so distraught. So I totally, totally get that. Jennifer, why don't I have a copy of your book? I need a copy of your book. I don't know. Um, I actually talk about you in my book. I would love to send you a okay, copy. You told me that, but do I have a copy of it? Okay. You don't. So I literally said in my book that there are some women that will inspire us from afar that we may never meet in real life like Lisa Bevere. And I gave a couple uh -huh. of people's names and I had forgotten, no offense to you, but when you write a book, you write it like a year to a year and a half in advance of when it comes out. And so I had forgotten that I'd even wrote that. And one of my sweet Instagram followers took a picture of it in my book after you and I met in Mexico. And she's like, yes. isn't God good? You literally got to meet her, even though you said in your book, you probably never would. I'm going to highlight that whole line. I'm going to send it to you. Thank you for that. I love that. Okay. So now somebody is asking what is, they want to see that article in Forbes. How can they find that article that's in Forbes? Um, hopefully you, well, if you go to jenniferallwood.com, there is a um, uh, press and media um, and I'll double check with my team. I'm sure some of my team are here right now. Um, or um, you should, if you type in Forbes on Google and Jennifer Allwood, you should be able to find it there too. It says something like, um, basically my story is I used to own a painting company in Kansas City, Missouri, where I live. So the article says something like creative turned into a $2 million monthly membership business is what the title of it is. So they should be able to find that there. Okay. And now wait, now you didn't just do a painting business. Just a fun fact about Jennifer. I didn't know. Jennifer, you were part of what? What what were you doing with that? 
Yeah, so I started a painting company in Kansas City back in the year 2000, which doesn't sound like that long ago, but Lisa, that was 21 years ago. And it was before <laughs> we started having kids. And um, yeah. my painting company took off really quickly. We got in with a couple of designers in Kansas City. We did a couple, like a house for one of the Chiefs players. And, and um, business was going really good, but then I kept having kids and I wanted to stay home with my kids. So I hired other women to go out and paint for me. Um, and we closed the company down about four years ago. But before we closed it down, um, we got to do the Extreme Home Makeover Show with Ty Pennington. Um, Which I used to cry. Times. I used to cry. I used to watch on the airplanes and cry. People were like, do we need to help you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Makeover programs. I love that. Yeah, we did three of those with Ty Pennington and his team. I had a client fly me to Belize um, to look at a painting project there a few years ago. And we've been in countless magazines and, you know, on local television for that. So I loved my painting company. Um, but I had gotten, okay, do you want to know why we closed it down, Lisa? I do. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be super transparent. I know that the more money I make, the more money I can give. I know the more money I make, the more people I can bless. And yeah. I knew that if I continued with that painting company in Kansas City, um, I had kind of capped the amount of money that I could make as a service business locally. So I thought, well, what would happen if I started to teach people how to paint their own house on like DIY videos? And this was probably six or seven years ago. And I started teaching people like with really bad cringy videos of, you know, how to make your garage doors look like wood or how to paint your kitchen cabinets. And that went to a six figure business in just a little bit over a year. And that's when I realized, okay, the internet is an amazing place to grow a business. And that's when people started hiring me to be their coach and things. Um, and so that's why we ended up closing the painting company because I kind of was capped at how much income we could make. And I knew that I didn't want to be lugging ladders, you know, until I was 50, because I turned 50 in just a few weeks. So, um, wow. so yeah, we closed that down four years ago. And um, God had really been convicting me that I was a business coach and I owned a painting company. And that Bible scripture out of James, which says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I just kept hearing that over and over because I, when I was at the painting company, I'd be thinking about coaching and when I was coaching I'd be thinking gosh I forgot to order paint and and it just felt really disconnected and once I went like all in on the coaching and closed that down um God's favor was just completely on that and I want to say that took me some faith that took mm -hmm. me some faith to say I'm going to jump off of this and I'm going to go all the way in on this one I was disobedient for a whole year. For a year, I kept trying to bargain with God. I'm like, but the painting company is, it's pretty easy, easy money. I can still stay home with the kids and I have eight women out there painting for me every day. Um, and so it took me, you know, a year to be obedient to that. And by the way, my pastor always says that delayed obedience is disobedience. And just like when we tell our... When we tell our kids, you know, my husband. Yes, absolutely. So when I tell my kids to do something, I want them to do it then. So it took a year for me to get obedient on that. And I think sometimes we want to see the fruit of that obedient decision before we actually walk it out. Um, and in my case, anyway, um, you know, after I walked it out, like, you know, with fear of trepidation and, and nervous about it, um, then God really blessed that. And I'm so grateful. Oh, so Jennifer, people, I've got people say, do you still have a podcast? So yes. mm -hmm. I'm going to, Jennifer has a podcast and you can go to Instagram. You can uh, connect with her through her books. You can get with her online. Jennifer, I'm going to actually for sure post this. Everybody's like, are you saving this? So I'm going to save this. Jennifer, okay. you're going to send me all of your information.
I'm going to put it in the caption. Don't be silly. Don't say, no, how do I get a hold of her? Y'all, awesome. put it in the caption. Read the caption because my team is not going to respond to you if it's already there. So my walls need painting so bad. I either need a magic eraser or paint in these walls. This is, this is, a, this house is, we banged it up a little bit, moving everything. So I love this. Jennifer, can you pray for this women out there that are entrepreneurs that, that like oh they just gosh. know, uh, they just know, you know, they're in that season where mm -hmm. they need to make that jump. And Absolutely. Maybe their mama and all this other stuff and they're scared. Can you pray for mm -hmm. these women? I sure will. Father God, I just thank you so much uh, for this time together today. I just thank, um, thank you for Lisa. Um, I thank you for being her guest. I thank you for Instagram. We just pray a blessing over both Lisa and Instagram that it would continue to be used for good and for your glory. And Lord, I do just want to pray for every single woman that is here, those that have already started a business and those that are dreaming of a business. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to... Um, stoke the fires of those dreams on these women. I pray against any woman who thinks that she is too old, she is too introverted, she is too creative, she is too whatever to be a business owner. I just ask that you would break that off of her in Jesus' name. Lord, I yeah. pray for the women who are waiting for the perfect timing to start something, Lord, that they would have just um, be completely sold out to the idea of being obedient to your timing which is perfect timing, which rarely looks accurate on a calendar. So if you are waiting for the right timing, I encourage you just to wait on the Lord. And when the Lord says go, um, that you go into the glory of God. I do pray for any woman who has uh, a wrong theology about money, who feels bad about making money, who feels bad about wanting money. Lord, I pray that she would get into the word and she would see what you say about money, not what her parents said about money, um, not what the money experts say about money, but Lord, what do you say? about money. And your word says, um, Father God, that you there is a transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous. And I pray even for these women that are here today that we would see a transfer um, begin, Lord, and that there would just be resources that these women um, are able to bring in that can be used um, for their families, for people that they love, for your kingdom, for organizations that are important to you. But Lord, I pray just um, for you to continue uh, blessing the women that are here that are running businesses. We pray that they have more than they need, that there are just handfuls on purpose. I pray that you would give them the right people and the right resources they need to grow their business to keep the doors open um, and so we're just asking Lord for just more favor on business owners especially female business owners in this time I do believe that there's an Esther anointing right now for um, female Christian business owners and so Lord we just ask that we would find favor with you in that area you would bless the hands and feet of these women in Jesus name amen in Jesus name and you know Jennifer I love that you close with that because there were women who followed Jesus and supported his ministry so they had to be, okay, we're, we're going to be serving Jesus, but we are going to take our resource that God has given us with creative mm -hmm. ideas. And I just, I wanted to say, I, I watched some of the things that people are saying, you know, we don't have to choose. It's not like, well, I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. You love Jesus by being obedient and mm -hmm. you don't wait till everything is perfect. They usually say people wait for perfect. It never happens. So sometimes you guys just have to jump 60, 70, 80% there. So, it, yeah. any closing remarks? I know so many Yeah. A couple more things I'll tag on with that. So, I feel like um, one of our, a lot of Christians' favorite Bible verses, you know, from Jeremiah, that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And I wrote about it in my book that I've always looked at that scripture and 
um, I always look at the first part that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And for me, plans always come with a date. Like when you plan to get married, there was a date. When you plan on having a baby or graduation party, there's a date. Yes. And I've always have wondered, Lisa, like when God says he knows the plans that he has for me or for you or for any of these people here, is there is there a date component to it? And I always wonder, like, if I am delayed in walking out the things God's asking me to do on this side of heaven, is there somebody else, you know, that's like in line almost that's going to... Uh, it's going to get the blessing of perhaps something that I should have been doing earlier. And so just know that it's never going to work out on paper. It's never going to look right on the calendar. It's never going to look right in your checkbook. Um, but God has a way of doing math and doing timing that, you know, that's why he's God. And it's a, while it never works out to us logically, just having that position of obedience of, um, it may not make sense that I feel like God's wanted me to quit my job, but I am. Or it may not make sense that I'm gonna start a business with a toddler, but I am. You know, I think that it's really important, number one, that we know how to hear from the Lord um, yeah. and that we're obedient to whatever timing is his, whatever plan is his, so. I love that, I love you. Jennifer, thank you so I much. I love you. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Honestly, okay. I'm honored. Oh, we love it. Okay, I hope you love Jennifer. I she's so cute. She is just so amazing. She is so pink, so vibrant. I hope that came across while you were listening to the podcast. She is phenomenal. She's one of my favorite people. I want to thank you for leaning in, for joining me for the Godmother podcast. And I want to ask you to rate and subscribe and just give us some feedback. We want to hear what you would love to hear on the Godmother podcast. So until next time, this has been your podcast, Godmother Lisa Bevere. Thanks for listening to the Godmother podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out the other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including Conversations with John and Lisa and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can connect with Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and through her website at lisabevere.com. Until next time.